0: Hey guys, welcome to the Filming with Josh podcast. I'm your host, Joshua Milligan, and this is episode number 104, interview with director Joshua Dixon.
1: This is the Filming with Josh podcast, brought to you by Rustic River Media. Welcome to the videographer's home for tips, tricks, and how to make flicks. Thanks for tuning in to another episode
0: of the Filming with Josh podcast. You're new to the po- podcast. Filming with Josh is your home for tips, tricks, and how to make flicks. Um, if you are new to the podcast, I want to encourage you to uh, listen to all the episodes we have in the past. We also have a Facebook group called Filming with Josh. That is a, uh, a private group on Facebook where you can go and join and uh, share your work, ask for feedback, uh, look at tips and tricks and things that I post from shoots I'm on throughout the weeks. So uh, I want to encourage you to go to Facebook, type in Filming with Josh and ask to join the group today. Um, Also, if you are a longtime listener and you don't already know this, we just started putting the podcast on YouTube. And so if you are looking to watch the podcast for some reason, I don't know why you'd want to watch me, but you can go to YouTube and do that now. And if you are listening to this on YouTube, we are also on Apple, Google Play, um, Podbean and Spotify. Today, we are welcoming uh, director Joshua Dixon on. Josh, how are you doing?
1: I'm doing great. Doing Josh, great, man.
0: Josh is joining us from a long, faraway land, that I will I will save that for when I ask you where you're from. But Josh is uh, originally from Texas, right up the road from me. And uh, we connected recently, and we have a lot to cover on this podcast. Uh, Josh, you recently came out with uh, a movie that launched, I believe, a week ago today, correct?
1: Uh, yep, yeah, that's correct. A week ago.
0: A week ago today. Congratulations on that. The movie is called Hellhound, and it is available on Apple Plus. Is that correct? Or Apple TV, I
1: mean? Yeah, yeah it's on Apple TV. It's on Amazon Prime, uh, Fandango, which is Voodoo now, uh, and possibly some other places, but it's all VOD right now. Um, yeah. Awesome.
0: Well, Josh, why don't you tell us a little bit about you? Tell us kind of what your background is, where you're from originally, um, how you got into to video and filmmaking, and kind of kick it out from there.
1: Sure, sure. So um, like you said, I'm originally from from Texas, right? Mm-hmm. From Dallas, Texas. Uh, well, Fort Worth, Texas, to be more specific. Um, and I I was in film there. Um, I was doing a lot of producing and like directing corporate videos, sort of thing. Um, fighting amongst you know all of all of my colleagues and peers, you know, for for clients, and um, I was uh, semi-successful. Um, I had a pretty small company there, um, and during that time, we had purchased some equipment, as a red camera. Um, for all the tech techy gearhead uh, film guys out there. Um, it was like the first, we had one of the, we had like the first one. And so there was a lot of demand and I got a lot of unique work, like during the first few months. Uh, and one of those jobs was an opportunity to work in Cambodia. Um, And so I went and worked on a film in Cambodia as a, uh, as a first AC uh, pulling focus for this DP. Um, And through that and those connections, like it's a, it's a, you know, we could dive into how, how, you know, I, I ended up where I'm at, where I'm in, in Thailand at the moment, but um, it was, that's what brought me to the region essentially. Um, and so I got a, a lot of good opportunities there through a really good, uh, a friend of mine that's a director, um, in Cambodia. Um, and then also the DP that I met there, um, that kind of like helped set me up in the region. I fell in love with Asia, uh, and, and started exploring possibilities and Thailand's really kind of like where the central of every, or the center of that kind of universe is here in, in Asia, Southeast Asia. Uh, so it's kind of where I ended up, um, setting up here. So, um, I set up a company here uh goodness probably about 10 years ago now um, It's grown in scale and um, it's, it''s quite large and probably one of the the top companies here now so that's kind of how I got into the region where I'm at um and that set me up for doing my first film yeah and and is this your first film? yeah this is my first film to direct so I've I've DP probably I think about seven different movies before this okay uh, three or three. I think four in the U.S. and then three here in Thailand. Yeah, man. Well, or two, two, two uh, in China, something like that. Go ahead, go ahead. Two, two in China? Yeah. So, there's, I, there's I yeah,
0: but as well. before before we leave, I, I want to just ask you this question because it, it kind of blows my mind. But how in the world did you go from, like, getting work in Texas to, like, I, I just don't understand how you could go to a, somewhere so far away and just yeah. start a business in such a remote, not a remote area, but, like, Foreign place from where you're originally from.
1: Um, it, it takes a lot of time, patience. Um, it's a different culture, different language. Um, but but the the one thing is like everyone needs to to realize that there's already a market here to to start in. Right. Um, I started in commercials here, um, so I've been directing commercials for ten years here, um, and there's there's a huge there's a massive commercial market here. So I was, I came in and used, you know, the expertise that I had in order to kind of like establish and start that. Um, And that was directing commercials, working with commercial clients. Um, So there, once you get past um, understanding, like, I don't know, I guess it's, it's, it is hard or it's, it's probably more just like surreal or weird sounding. To people whenever I, you know, I say like, I, I live in Thailand. I have a production company here. Um, and it's, it's a, you know, it employs a lot of people like, so people, yeah, they don't, they don't really connect with it. Right. Cause it's, it's different from everything that they've known, you know, from where I'm from, right. From the U S sure, yeah. So, so it's a bit weird probably hearing, hearing it, but I think it's, you know, perseverance, man, as long as you can, um, you know do something long enough, you'll eventually succeed. Right. So,
0: yeah. Do do you feel like the market was more saturated in like the Fort worth area or where the the places you worked in the U S versus where you Mm -hmm. are there as far as commercial work goes?
1: Um, So there's, there's, there's a couple of ways to look at it, right? So you can look at it in terms of like the workforce, And in the workforce in the U S definitely it's, it's definitely more saturated. Um, There's a lot more uh, middle-class in the U S right. And so there's a lot of people that um, are able to kind of explore film for as, as, as a career, you know Um, which here in Thailand, a lot of them don't have that privilege and, They they go to work for some sort of like a technical company, like a lighting or or grip company, and they work as they work as staff for that company. Right. So it's like a nine to five for them. Um, And they they go to work every day. So um, it's a bit of a different setup. Right. So like the lighting and equipment vendors here, the cameras and all that, they have staff. So all your camera assistants, whenever you hire a camera, they come with the camera. They take it back every day. You're not renting and picking it up like, you know, over the weekend. to, you know, to save money, to do like your short film, like that doesn't happen here. So it's a very different kind of business model here. Um, It's much more, um, uh, it's more, it's more business than, and in the U.S. it's more friendly, I guess is a good way to say it. So here, like I said, you know, everyone works for the actual companies and then you hire the companies. Um, In the U.S. there's tons and tons and tons, you know, 95% of people you hire, actually probably more than that are, are freelancers. Um, and so that's, that's very rare here.
0: Interesting. So do you think that has helped you and your career in in any way?
1: Um, I think that it, 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 it's a different, it's a different way to operate. Um, and then you have to work around it, right? You have to learn how to, how to make it work. Um, I mean, as a producer, I love it because it actually gets rid of a lot of work. You don't have to hire, you know. 50 different freelancers you can hire three vendors and all your crews are already sorted That's so yeah so that's fantastic for for you as a producer um for excuse me for i mean it's there's there's so many different aspects to filmmaking right so like i think it's hard to just compare you know apples to apples because it's definitely not that um I, I I would say that like we'd probably need to talk a bit more specific on, on specifics for that that question. <laughs> no. Yeah. Well, yeah, no, no, yeah, I yeah. know
0: it's kind of a broad question. I I just yeah, got yeah. my wheels turning when you talked about going from yeah, yeah. working in Fort Worth to working in, in Thailand. Yeah. Well, so you, you you just got through directing and I think you said you also produced Hellhound as well, right? You're one yep, of the producers. yeah. Um, yep. So is that is that kind of where your career, the direction your career is going today is more into making mm. movies or films than it is commercial?
1: Yeah, no, definitely. So um, so at, at our company. Right. And I, I reference my company a lot because, you know, that's all I've known and I've done for the last 10 years here. Um, we've got several different departments. So I hired uh, I hired a producer um, here about a little over a year ago, probably oh, probably close to a year and a half or so ago um, and he's he's done nothing but you know put together movies and produce movies his his whole career um, so he's working for us and he's heading up um, a new brand that we launched which is peripheral pictures as a development company to develop feature films um, and so we're 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 on the way I think we have like about 10 films on our slate now and we're on the way to develop um, we want to have like around 20 and then get at least like four of those three or four of those made a year Um, And so he's, he is heading that up. Right. And so I work daily with him um, a lot daily. I'm supposed to, we're supposed to like catch up once a week in a meeting, but like I usually end up working with him every day um, because something exciting or, you know, new, some new development came about that I need to be involved in. So, um, so we're, 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 you know, very, very much in touch on that. And he heads that department up. Um, his name's Adam. And then I have another executive that works for me. His name's Andrew and he runs all of our productions. So anything that comes in needs a quotation, a line budget, um, you know, a cost, uh, you know, production plan and all that. He, he oversees about it's, it's as of right now, I think we counted, I think there's about 13 people in his department. So he, he oversees all those guys and all of their productions. Right. But that's corporate video, that's commercials right now. We've got, um, two TV series, uh, one from Dubai and one from Korea. And then we've got, uh, I think we're prepping for two movies also um, at the moment. So we, so there's, Thailand, first off, you gotta understand it's a big filming destination for other countries. Um, Everybody wants to come to Thailand, it's cool, it's island vibes, it's, you know, everyone is very, very laid back here and it's affordable. So, um, and then the locations, there's lots of locations that they wanna feature in these series, um, movies and such. And so it's, it's, it's a very, very, um, like very very popular place. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, so, so, so that's, 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 you know, that's, that's one of the reasons why we have work here is because there's, it's a very, it's a popular destination. Um, but so, so with those, those guys, and then we have a few other, um, heads, you know, head of departments that work in our company that do different things, but it's like the accounting department stuff so like <laughs> I won't talk too much about that um, yeah you know so we've got another another marketing department um, as well uh, and and uh, and then we have a post house right so we actually have a post-production company we're our head of our head of post there he oversees I think it's about six or seven people right now um, that are full-time there so I'm involved in all of that um, and I try to work on mostly like the biz dev, like, like Monday to Friday, you know, what am I doing? I'm like 10, 10, p- 10 a.m. to 6 p.m. Like that's kind of what I'm doing. I'm doing biz dev. But amongst all that, I'm really trying to move forward, you know, on directing and, and focusing on that as, as my personal career. So the company's operating and it's it's kind of on autopilot at the moment. Um, and I just have to step in to steer here and there. But I'm definitely trying to focus on feature films. Um but a lot of that work is also integrated into the company, of course.
0: Sure. So man, that's awesome. So when you um, when you worked on Hellhound, which we'll get into here in a minute, yeah, did you, you were you able to use a lot of people from within your company then because of that?
1: Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, my, the, the the whole company worked on the film at some point or another. You know, so that's awesome. If if it wasn't, you know, on the shooting, it was someone was you know i don't know we had our accountants running stuff to set at one point because we ran out of people you know (laughs) or like you know we had like uh you know the post the post um post production team they have all exported the film multiple times you know because we're because we're delivering to a bunch of different territories a bunch of different formats so like everybody's been involved in one way is sleepless night or another so um yeah (laughs) that's awesome (laughs) That's awesome,
0: man. Well, tell us about Hellhound. I actually watched it, but I want you to tell us. And you don't. I'm and whether or not yeah. you want to reveal any spoilers is completely up to you. But can you tell us a little bit about what the concept is, what it's about, sure. How, who came up with it, etc.
1: Yeah. So, um, previously, I had been working with. So, so there's a producing part partner of mine. Um, his name's Nico. Um, he and I were trying to get a TV pilot off the ground. Um, and I'll tell you this, like, this is like right over two years ago. In the last two years, I've learned so much. Um, a very big credit to that would be Adam, the producer I told you about that's working with us now. Um, and so <clears throat> I I feel like probably, you know, under two years – or, you know, over two years ago, I, I had a very – basic understanding as to how the business works. Um, and I did not have the best ideas at the moment. Right. So like one was a TV pilot, right? Nobody's doing TV pilots. Now you're, you're pitching to try to get something greenlit, And then usually they're buying the the story or the IP from you. And then they're going to continue with whoever they want to, you know, whatever showrunner and, and, and directors that they want to, to, to shoot the TV series. Um, also, getting a TV series done is extremely hard um, to sell it versus selling a movie. Right? Um, it's almost impossible, I would say. So we 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 had a moment of a of epiphany, right, where we said we shouldn't be doing this TV series. We need to do a movie. Um, during that time, it was literally the second time that our country was was locking down for COVID. Oh man. Um, yeah. And so it was like, you know, that's always a beat. You know, that's a beating, anyways, right? You're, you're, you're excited. You think like you, you have something that might work and things have gotten to normal. <laughs> and then, you know, everybody experiences, you know, it was just like, it was like an, another COVID lockdown. And so, um, I, I'm not really a writer. Nico, uh, you know, he went to school for it. And so he just, he, he just started writing. And so we started writing a movie. Um, and, I I did my best to support him in saying you know what, just write what you want and don't worry about the budget, um, <laughs> which is the exact opposite of what you try to do in an in, with an indie <laughs> film, right? right? So, but I but I told him you know don't worry about it. We'll figure it out. Um, you know, we're smart. We do production all the time. We'll figure out how to back into the budget or we'll then alter it, right? But half of half of my reasoning for, for encouraging him like that was because I was so tired of not getting our project off, off the ground. Right. I was just like, you know, screw this. Let's just do it, man. Let's figure it out. I'd rather start and then run into problems later than to never start. Yeah. So, so, so yeah, it was, it was more, it was, it was definitely like, you know, there was some, some motivation to just get it done. Um, and so, so we did that. Um, and he wrote the script and then I got it back um I read it and it was just there there's explosions you know <laughs> there was all kinds of stuff in there there was a lot of locations um Yeah,
0: I have that in my notes. There
1: was a lot of locations. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of locations. So like like if everyone if if everyone actually knew like the amount of money that was spent on this movie, they would never ever believe us. Um you know, it 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 with, with all, you know, like I didn't take a director fee because I, it was my movie, my first one, you know, I needed to get it done. Um, well, I took it for director fee. I forego, I forewent it. Right. And then put it back into the movies, what I did. Um, so that that way, you know, I could just get a better movie. But so like, I mean, it was a true, very, very, very true, um, like grassroots grassroots effort. Like, you know, almost like film school style in a way, which is crazy because like anyone that's ever worked with our company experiences something completely different. It's we're we're very much you know more of a commercial shoot production company uh, where we're treating clients, you know, bringing them food to set. Like they're sitting in front of a monitor, and we're making sure that they have coffee and and all that stuff, right? Yeah, that's typically um, what I do. Yeah, yeah. So 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 yeah. so, so so I was. Doing the exact opposite, right? I was trying to figure out how I can, you know, it's like going into overtime. I said, okay, look, don't tell me about it. Don't tell me the cost. We'll worry about that later. <laughs> I just got to get this done. And so we would just keep shooting. And, you know, we, it was, it was rough, man. It was super, super rough. Um, but we got it done. Um, you know, our, the staff that I have, they're amazing. And they, they, you know, without them, we wouldn't have been able to do this for sure. Um, but Yeah. uh. I don't. I don't remember what your question was, man. I'm yeah. I'm, I'm no, I want like, you to
0: tell us. So tell us a little bit for for people who are listening to this who haven't seen the trailer yeah. or anything. What is Hellhound about?
1: Yeah. So Hellhound's about. Um, a, a, I mean, you could say it's a typical story, right? It's a hitman doing his last job. He's trying to get out, um, and basically all hell breaks loose. Um, and and the way the way that we do it though, I think, is what's unique to the 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 perspective of the movie. It's it's very. Um, <clears throat> Like there's there's a lot that went into it. There's a lot of heart. There's a lot of visuals. There's, um, you know, there's a lot of actually, you know, other layers under underneath in the script. Um, and so that's that's one thing that's cool. Um, I I don't want to have a spoiler out there, but mm-hmm. um, the ending of the movie, like, it's very full circle in my opinion. Or sorry, in my opinion. Um, I, I would and so agree. Cool, cool. That's awesome. So that's that was one of the things. You know, one of my favorite things about it. Right. So it's just. You know, we did that, and we tried to put in as well like a few different um, points where we're leading the viewer one way, and we you know quickly turn left. Um, so I, I think that like even though it is about you know the hitman that's trying to get out, right, the way he's trying to approach it, and he keeps running into like roadblock roadblock after roadblock. Um, each of the roadblocks is unique in that way, right? The story, the the different layers. Um, so so I mean, it's it's that it's 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 a typical story. Um, but I think the way this holds very unique. Yeah. So
0: as, as far as the, the movie goes, so by the way, congratulations on getting your first directed movie under your belt. Thank you. That is awesome. Uh, definitely something I've never done. I, I watched it, thought it was great. Um, and I, I wanted to ask you a few different questions. So one of them yeah. I, I wanted to ask is how big the total crew was. Cause I, I think people listening to this would be curious to know like how much crew was involved.
1: Yeah. Um, we probably, so like the very, very minimum, like small days is probably about 50 people. Um, and then the bigger days were probably 100, a bit over 100.
0: And compare it. For people who, who don't know this, compare that to like what a typical commercial day would be,
1: crew size wise. Uh, com- typical commercials is between 100 and 150 hundred, hundred fifty. Sure. So, but so, had, go had I not had, if, had I not had staff like on payroll, like just to be completely frank, we, we would have had 35 people, you know, 50 <laughs> people, you know <laughs> yeah. what I mean? Like a lot of these were staff, like I, I'm not, I'm not lying. Like we actually had our accountants delivering stuff to set. Cause like we're, that is awesome. We're out of, out of PAs, you know? So,
0: so it's, yeah. uh, so you have less staff available for this than what you would typically have on a commercial shoot.
1: Um, you mean like our staff working on a commercial shoot?
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's what I was saying. I was trying to compare. Yeah, so, I was trying to compare like crew right, size right. on your commercial sure. shoot versus. Yeah,
1: yeah. I mean, I mean, if we if 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 we didn't have, um, yeah, if we were doing a commercial, there there would definitely be this the, as much as we had or more, um, but they wouldn't be our staff, right? A lot sure. of them would be from. A lot of them would be vendors and such, but I mean, like like we we own we own the cameras that we use on the shoot, so. We we did build a freelance team to to work with the cameras, um, but we didn't have a camera vendor, right? So, I think there was one or there was there's there was there's there a couple items that we needed that we got from a camera vendor, um, and they were very very great, man. They they their their name's VS Services here. They gave us lighting and camera um, at a fantastic rate. Um, they're a sponsor of the film, uh, and you know, but I've been using these guys for years, man. Um, we also had two other films with them during that month as well. So, um, you know, we, we, we positioned ourselves so that we could try to get the most bang for the buck from wherever we could. Nice. Um, yeah. So I think, I think it was, it was because of the relationships though. That's why we were able to have a large crew size. Yeah. That's our relationships. That's awesome.
0: And then, you know, you had a, a pretty, pretty good, um, cast. Can you talk a little bit about who was in the film and then, yeah, how like how you guys went about casting it.
1: Yeah, man, um, this is probably like my most favorite or the, the, the best part of the film is the cast we ended up with. Um, and it was it was lots of I don't want to say it was sheer, sheer, you know, just sheer luck. But um, we did end up being very, very lucky. Um, so our lead is Luis Mandalore. Um He is a he, he's kind of like an underground action star. Um, he's been in a ton of stuff. He's one of the, uh, cast, you know, that's, it's called back every time there's a, a, big fat Greek wedding. Um, so he's been in all three of those movies. The one that just came out, you know, he's, he's one of the main cast in that. Um, and he's fantastic, man. He's a great actor, dude. I, I learned so much just working with him because he's in the, he's been in the business nearly 25 years, something like that. 25 or 30 years. Um, you know, he, he was, he goes as far back as like I think he he auditioned for jo- Joey Tribbiani on Friends. Oh, really? right. Like he yeah 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 like he was he he almost got that role right like it, he just literally like literally just a fork in the road sent him the other way. So um, yeah, I mean he's he's amazing man. He he's very very talented. He understands the filmmaking process. He's also a director, right? So he understands the other side of the camera too. So that was invaluable to me, man. Um, I, I really think if we didn't have Luis the film would not have turned out how it was because he was not just you know a hundred percent he was 110 percent right he was he was problem solving literally there alongside alongside us That's and awesome you don't you don't ever get a, a you know a main cast member that does that not not in the way that he did um and so it was it was fantastic working with him man um I'd work with him again in a heartbeat uh and so he played he played Loreno right who's um, you actually mm-hmm. never hear the guy's name in the film but um, that's what we named him Loreno uh, he's he's the actual uh, hitman um, And then there was a few other people probably the next uh, most notable one is uh, Gang Lipan or yeah Gang Pan. so he is the one of the gangsters in the film like the head gangster. Um, he was the the lead prisoner in uh a prayer before dawn um so yeah whoever's seen that movie they'll they'll know his face very very well um and he's a bit of a celebrity here in uh in thailand you know um he's known for kind of being in trouble a little bit so like <laughs> that's so like we kind of wrote the part actually for him um so he's he's a bit contra of a controversial figure here but he's a he's a sweetheart man he's he's a fantastic um actor you know it it would be really really it's it's so, so intimidating watching him. Right? It's very very intense. And then he'd mess up a line, mm. and then he'd turn around and like in a soft voice say, "Oh man, I'm so sorry." You know, so you so like immediately funny. break character. Yeah, he doesn't yeah, come yeah, across so that way on camera at all. Oh no, man, no, no. He's no, no, the no, dude that's, that's gonna saying. bust
0: down your door and kill you for no reason.
1: Yeah, no, exactly. <laughs> so I'll I'll send you I'll send you a clip um, on YouTube. There's a there's a YouTube short that I put up uh, like a month or two ago of him breaking character like that. And no, so, that's awesome. so you yeah, so I'll send it to you. And it's it's just kind of weird because like it's not the character you see at all, right? Like that's <laughs> that's who everyone, and that's that's who everyone's known him to be. Um that's the the roles he gets in all the films. So um yeah, he so he's yeah, for sure, man. Um so he's great, but he's 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 super nice, he's a great guy. Um and then the other one would be Vitaya. Um Vitaya is uh in a lot of stuff man he's in a lot of foreign films that come through Thailand. He's very well known in Thailand as well. Um, he plays Satan in the, mo- in the movie he's um, one of the guys that works with Loreno um, to help carry out you know the hit um, kind of gives him the job in the beginning um, and he uh, he's he's known for his biggest film is probably only God Forgives um, he, he's, he's an actual kendo master. Right. Like, so oh, he, really? he, yeah, he's a martial artist. Um, and so that's one of the, the, you know, the things that he was able to show off in that film and only God forgives was, I think there's a, there's a sword fight that he's, he's, you know, he's in and, or he, he performs, performs, he, he fights. Um, and so he's, he's, he's awesome, man. He's great. Um, so he, he was our, uh, our, the guy who, who gave the hit to, to Luis um, I'd, I'd love to work with him again, um, and then also there is uh, a guy named Van Quattro. He's actually from Dallas, Texas, um, and we just by luck found him on a casting site online. Um, oh, nice. He read for the part. Yeah, yeah. So we so there was there was two people that we were looking at um, that, that we shortlisted. One's name was Igor, and he was in LA, and then the other was Van Quattro, and he was in. Uh, he was in Dallas. I think he's actually like Grand Prairie. It's like between Fort Worth and Dallas. Um, so he's he's like from the the exact place that I'm from. I had no idea until I think like we had already shortlisted him and we were like halfway down uh, the path. Well, you had to of, go with you know, him then. choosing him. Yeah. Well, yeah. It was it was it was it was cool because I, I was able to like you know chat to some of my friends in sure. Texas. I was like, hey, you guys know you guys know him, um, and they're like, yeah, yeah, he's great. And and what's funny is like literally a couple days ago. I was looking for a contract or something to his and my email and I found out he and I exchanged emails or someone who suggested me to suggest him to me like 12 years ago. So, um, yeah. So like we came this close to running into each other years ago, never did. And then, um, I hired him and brought him to Thailand instead. So it was, yeah, it was, it was really cool. Um, but he was great, man. He was fantastic to work with, man. I really liked it. He and I, we're able to meet, you know, um, a couple days before um, shooting and go and, and go through rehearsals and just working with him was great, man. He 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 really loves the process, um, and um, he plays kind of like a an, a, a bit of um, and I I can't say much about him, but he's 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 also a a figure that's underground in Thailand, mm-hmm. um, you know. But um, his his character's got a great, you know great meaning and twist to it so um but he's 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 kind of like a mafia boss of some sort right um but he's great man he's he uh he has this whole like very unique um way he delivers his lines and 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 he's he's you know i think he's a he's he was a hippie back in the 70s and so like it, he really is able to you know dial into this like uh unique um very centric kind of character so Um, yeah, he's, he's a great man. Um, everyone else, you know, those are, those are the main, main stars in the film. So,
0: yeah. So let's, let's talk a little about the locations. We kind of briefly mentioned it, but man, there's a lot of locations. How, how much of an undertaking was that? And also to, to, to follow that up, what was it like to film in the city? Was that, do you have any difficulties securing any locations or anything like that?
1: Um, so I would say probably ninety percent of the movie was shot in the in the city. Um and it, it you know, some of it may be in closed set. So like, you know, there's a torture scene and it's in a warehouse of some sort, right? That's mm-hmm. it's still in the city, but it's not it's not exposed, right? We're not outside. Um I, I wouldn't say that like we really had any issues. Um and that's that's because you know our staff are they 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 do this all the time. So getting permits for all that and everything is very something you know something that's very repetitive for us. Uh, it's a bit of a muscle memory. So um, that's you know that's that's really when I set up my company years ago. My my whole goal was to be able to get into feature films eventually. Um, instead of like just trying to go into it immediately, I kind of had a methodical approach to it. Um, and so this is kind of where we're where we ended up. So I think getting locations in the city it's not an issue. Um, when, when we wrote the movie, right? Sorry, when Nico wrote the movie, he had in mind the locations that he shot. So he lives here. Nico lives, lives here. He's, a, he's a, a commercial and a feature film DP, and he lives here. Um, so he's, he knew the actors already. He had these in mind. I had them in mind. We discussed that. We discussed locations, right, as he's building the script um, and, and the locations he had in mind as well. Um, so, like, we already had all of that um, in mind so we actually wrote the script for thailand right we didn't just write it and then figure out how to adapt it to thailand it was written exactly and specifically for actually all these actors that we hired and uh and the locations so um getting them was no no issue um now where we ran into issues because because of the 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 what we were trying this the sheer like monstrosity that we were trying to pull off Um, for the amount of money and time that we had was just ridiculous. Um, In hindsight, I probably would have done, I would do this differently next time. Um, But we, we shot, um, we would need, we went into overtime several times and, you know, the locations didn't allow it. And this is where we had to like do the whole like begging and pleading (laughs) and, you know, like how, how can we still, you know, make this work? And then when it didn't work, we had to go back man we had to add on another day you know there was overtime costs there was additional you know day day costs so um yeah i mean it was as as like buttoned up as like i was making it sound like there was i think it amplified everything else because how buttoned up it 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 always is for me in the past i thought it would be like this or just you know my muscle memory thought it would be and then when we got to shooting it just you know, was something different, and <laughs> I ended up having to figure out ways around. and and this is directing, in my opinion, right? Directing is being able to understand the challenges and figuring out how to get around it and come up with creative solutions because that's all you have at the moment, you know um, and 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 if you go without something, how am I going to cut around cut around it later, right? Like how am I going to make this work whenever we're actually cutting the video, um, cutting the scenes, right? how's that going to work later? So, so that's, that's the whole, that's, that's like, you know, the other 50% of the directing. Um, so I think that, I think that there was, there was a lot of challenges with the locations in that aspect, but not getting the locations, but with what we were trying to do with the locations was, was the the big challenge.
0: <laughs> well, man. Yeah. I mean, I definitely noticed that there were, there were a lot of locations. I, I've, in my head, just from experiences I've had, I thought that would be kind of tricky, but that's awesome that you've had so much experience with your other work in the past that it was kind of a little bit of muscle memory for you. Yeah. Um, so another question I had, so there's a lot of fight scenes. So I've never yeah. filmed a fight scene before. I'm curious yeah. to know how difficult that was to choreograph.
1: Um, so we spent, I think it's about five days doing previs, previs for fights so, um, like previsual, um, mm-hmm. choreograph choreography. Um, so we, we spent five days designing the fights. Um, Luis, right. Our lead, he wasn't there for the entire time. We had to do it with a stand in someone that's, or someone to stand in for him. Um, and they, they, and Nico, would figure out the fights and uh they'd get edited in the evening uh and i would take a look at it and i would give notes um i should have been there for the previous but dude this was such like we were trying to do so much i was busy putting the rest of the shoot together and prepping everything else so he, nico and i were talking a lot like on chats he was sending me videos um, you know, shoot it with this phone. Shoot the angle. Show me how the hit's gonna work. Send it to me, and I chat back to him and say like, "Yeah, that's great." Um, no, 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 sell it the other way. You know, and and so, um, so we so we did a lot of that, right? Um, but all the fights were completely rehearsed, you know, before, and we had the videos cut already. So before we before we went to actually into production, all the fights we knew how they were gonna be cut and shot. You know, 90% there. Because um, then once you get on the set, you know, things change and, uh, you know, you could get an idea or you could uh, break, you know, <laughs> break one of the props and like now you got to figure out how to, uh, you know, our movie, we didn't have doubles for everything. So um, one, one of the reasons why is because we were in my bedroom, you know, the the fight where um, um, Bajan the the big scary guy. He runs up into the house. That's that was actually the house I was living in at the time. Oh really? So yeah yeah. So so all the bedroom furniture and everything was mine, and it was destroyed after the fight. Right. That was our, like our, the, uh, one of the first fight scenes, right? Yeah. This. Is, yeah. yeah. It's in the first. It's in the first. Uh, yeah. It's probably in the first twenty minutes of the movie. Um, but yeah, like the wardrobe, the 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 that broke. They they killed like back, you know, backed his back into those are my clothes inside. That was not planned. Like it just And you uh, know, yeah, yeah, I mean <laughs> like like so so it's it was um after that Luis, you know, told me, you know, first rule of filmmaking Josh is you never use your own house for location. <laughs> <laughs> you gotta do this to other people's houses. And I was like, okay, well yeah, lesson learned. Um, I you know bit the bullet. We got we got one you know for the movie. So um, next time we'll we'll have more money and we'll we'll you know build the location or something. So, um, I mean, your yeah, house so I, fit the location perfectly for that yeah. scene, though. <laughs> yeah, it, it, my, my house looked like a safe house. Great. <laughs> no, I didn't. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, 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 no. No, it did on the outside. It was, it was, it was, it wasn't the best looking. But um, yeah. So, so actually. My house – that is my house, right? But, like, the, the wallpaper that was put up and all that, that was done by the the art team. So sure. um, production design did that, you know, a few days before. Um, but, yeah, the stairs and everything, where he goes down the stairs, all of that, that's all in my house. Um, we had to repair those too, man. That guy, Dijon, he's big, dude. He he, was he tore off the banister off the wall. So, like, yeah, it was it – was, uh, there was a bit of PTSD <laughs> trying to, you know, get to sleep later that night after we shot. So <clears> – <throat> That's hilarious. Well, um, I, let's talk a little bit
0: about something. I, I'm really interested. I love handheld shooting. You had a lot of handheld shooting. Can you talk to us a little yeah. bit about some of the rigs you guys used? Um, there's a lot of like, sure. running handheld and things. And I, I thought you yeah. guys did a great job with that, especially in that yeah. when I was talking about the choreographing fight scenes. I mean, the, the, the camera operators obviously did a good yeah. job of choreographing with that as well. Can you talk a little bit about yeah. what you guys used?
1: Yeah, definitely. So Nico's an expert at this man. Um, he shoots tons and tons of action. Um, so he's, he's definitely very skilled in this and he's just using, you know, I think they strip down the camera as much as they can. They leave like maybe a focus motor on there for the focus motor in a matte box, um, for the the AC. So he can just focus camera, uh, or focus the lenses and Nico handhelds everything. Um, He's been doing this for years, man. Um, so he he's an expert at it. I mean, that's that's all I can say. Um, as far as the rigs, uh, some of the other cooler rigs, right? Because that's just handheld, um, and 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 that's all designed actually during the fight, right? So like whenever we're doing the previous for the si- the fights, we're understanding how uh, the camera is going to move, and so Nico at that point is figuring out is this camera rig going to work do I need to use something else right like if he's having to you know sprint a hundred yards and then go up uh, up a stairs and fly off of with a cable or something like maybe it's something else he needs so <laughs> he's figuring all that out during the previous 95 um, percent of the time though it was just like a top handle on the camera um, and I think there was a couple times where we were added like a second or third camera and I ended up operating camera Um mm. When the guy gets shot in the lobby in the hotel, uh, there's a top shot. I was operating that, um, and that was just a like a komodo up top. But it was, I think all the gear was on the other two. So so we shot we shot with two cameras um, the entire time, and then we'd add a third every once in a while. And we didn't have money for a third operator, so I went up and opted the third camera, and uh, all the gear was on those two cameras, right? Like all the handles and everything. So like. I was just having to hold the body. <laughs> and the Komodo has a screen on top, right? Yeah. I don't even think I had a screen. I was trying to use the focus peaking and, like, just make sure it's in focus. And, um, you know, it's touchscreen. So, like, I had nothing, man. It was just, like, me holding that little cube, pointing it down at them. Um, and I don't know what lens we put on there. Um, I guess we put on the lens set from the lens set. Yeah, something. But, um, yeah, so it was uh, – so those rigs, the – I would have loved to use Steadicam. We just didn't have the money, man. The Steadicam operator, um, with his 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 assistant and 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 the the gear, you know, it's just it's just it was out of our budget, man. This is the one thing that we like we had to cut. Um, sure, but I would have loved to have Steadicam the whole time. Um, but it but still looked it really good. Well. I mean, it, it felt it,
0: it fit the feel and the vibe of the of the of the film. I felt Thanks. like.
1: Yeah, I mean we had we had lots and lots of dolly stuff, right? So we set up Dolly and we mimicked what SteadyCam would have done, right? Sure. Quote, you know. Um that was that's how we got around it and how we were able to keep it dynamic, in my opinion. Um if we if we hadn't had the Dolly, then I think it would have turned out a lot less dynamic. Um it wouldn't have because in the movie, right, like there, a lot of movies are completely handheld, and they should be, right there. But this one really had a lot of places where we needed to set up something visually, mm-hmm. um, and it it really conveyed a mood and a tone for that particular shot, and that's where the dolly came in.
0: Yeah, I um, like the dolly
1: shots you had in there. Thanks, thanks. Yeah.
0: So you mentioned yeah, a Komodo. Uh, what did you shoot? Everything
1: on red? <laughs> um, yeah. So we yeah, because that's what we own. So Nico owns a camera. Um, Our other producer, who also was another camera operator on the film, his name's H, Um, he owns – so they both own Red somethings, Red – It's like a V-Raptor maybe? No, it's the 5K. um,
0: Oh, uh, oh my god. They're probably two
1: or three years old. Um, Yeah, Gemini? Yeah, yeah, because they're great for low light. Yeah, Gemini. So the Gemini sensor is great for low light. So they both had Gemini's um and that was you know we used that because this whole movie's n- like ninety percent of it is shot at nighttime yeah. maybe 90 eighty percent so so we used Gemini's which I think that was kind of like 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 we even wrote it to be at night because we had the Gemini's something <laughs> like that right like that's awesome like, like like we literally like flexed our muscles that we already had as as much as we could play right? in like that strings, was the whole thing. Exactly. Exactly. So, like that was the the whole idea behind the the concept of how we got this movie to you know finished, um, and and that's where we made up where we lacked. So um, yeah, we shot Gemini's, and then um, my company has a Komodo. So um, like the shot in from inside the taxi <clears throat> where. Uh, you guys are shooting at the taxi. Like mm-hmm. there's a shot from behind, like that's the Komodo because we could just get it up into the window. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so like, you know, we had, we had some AC prepping that while we're shooting that big uh, fight scene with the, the motorbike drivers, taxis, taxi driver guys. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, so that was, that was the reason why. So we used a couple cameras on that fight scene and then the Komodo was being prepped for the, the taxi, uh, the taxi scene after that. So um one one it was the Gemini's. Uh, the reason we used them is because of the low light, and we owned them, right? Uh, then the other is the Komodo because we could fit it in places that we needed. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a couple places we had to steal shots. Um, talking about permits, but like there's a couple places we had to steal shots. I won't go into you know that <laughs> too much, but um, the Komodo you can do that. Because you can put it in a bag and you know, you put like a, a DSLR lens on it and it's small and you know you can sneak it in somewhere. So um, Yeah, I've definitely done that. <laughs> yeah, we've all done that, man. Like <laughs> this is how that. this is this if you don't do this, you will not progress in your career. You know <laughs> no. what I mean? Like so there's sometimes no you just way. gotta push the boundary a little bit. <laughs> yeah, there's no way. There's no way. What lenses yeah. did you guys use, if you don't mind me asking? Uh we used ultra primes. So okay. they're uh, Zeiss Ultra Primes, um, and then I mean there was you know probably a bunch of other uh, moments when we grabbed whatever we had at the office. Um, sure, like I think in the I'm, I mean ninety probably ninety five percent of the movie was on Ultra Primes, um, and then we had a moment or two like I said where I was like we had still shots right where we probably put on like a, a Canon lens of some sort. Um, there might have been like the taxi. I think it's an ultra prime, but it might have been like a uh, what? There's there's a really wide angle, um, like a like a Tokina, like eleven eleven to seventeen, I think something like that. Yeah, I so know might exactly have used that for the taxi. I know
0: exactly which lens you're talking about. That's a great lens. I almost yeah. bought one of those last year. They're fantastic.
1: Yeah, they're fun, man. They're fun. They they the, the distortion on it is pretty cool, and and yeah, they're a fun lens. So. Um yeah so I think that there is a couple moments where we 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 used yeah one of the Takinas we have a Takina that's right so we used that on the Komodo I think a couple times um but 90% of the film probably more was shot on uh ultra primes
0: do you use any sort of diffusion or anything like that
1: uh yeah Nico used I'm pretty sure it was just like uh Black pro-miss, something you know is some some something to get rid of the digital edge. Mm-hmm. Um, this is the one thing that I don't care about the red cameras it just it feels like so sharp and so crisp which um I mean, it can look good for certain movies, but um we really wanted to go um we really wanted to play into like uh, the 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 texture of the city not being that crisp right It needed to have um the the, the city itself needed to have its own. Um, character and texture to it. Right. And so I think that, that was that that was part of it. Um the diffusion. And then we also put film grain on it in post. Nice. So yeah. yeah
0: the shots look good, man. Oh. And uh, the Komodo cut really well with the with the Gemini shots. I would never Thank know you. that you snuck some Komodo shots in there.
1: Yeah, it's the the, the colorist man. The colorist is kick out which Nico's the colorist too. So Nico he, has he, he a lot of role. Dude, it's it's he's he's um yeah, we complete each other, man. He does everything I don't do, and I do everything he doesn't do. So, but he's talented, man. He has a he has a ton of tools in his you know in his toolbox. Yeah. So I have a kind of a technical question. Um, do you do you yeah. guys
0: use a lot of I mean, because you had a lot of a lot of action. I'm assuming yeah. your sound mixers had to to do a lot of lobbing. Is that kind of how you did a lot of your audio?
1: Um, man, sound <laughs> the whole other adventure, bro. Um. <laughs> There's it a was, lot going on in
0: that film. I was thinking
1: about that while I was yeah, watching it. Yeah, yeah. No. Oh, no, definitely. So, you know, probably 20% of what you hear is actually recorded on on site as far as mm-hmm. like maybe 15%, 20% is actual sound effects and ambient there. Mm-hmm. The rest of it is done in full. All fully. And yeah. sound sound design. Um, yeah. So uh, we we had a great uh, sound designer um, and mixer uh, in the Baltics, um, and he, he, he this is one of Aunt, uh, Adam's connections. So Adam came in right after we shot the movie, so he wasn't here for you know the chaos. He was just here like cleaning up everything <laughs> for us. To be honest, man, because um, this is his this is his expertise. He came in and he's like, I cannot believe you guys even got this movie made. You know, he's <laughs> it was is it was, like I know that's what he's thinking. He he's never said that, but I know he's thinking that. Um, and so he, he, um, he helped us with someone to do the sound design and, and Foley, and we got a great, great guy to do that. I'll probably use him again. He was an excellent, man. Um, super fast, very, like he understood what I was after. Um, so the communication was just, you know, spot on point. And I just, that that, just helps you out so creatively so much in the, in the process. So I, I would say that like, yeah, 80% of it was Foley and sound design and then, Um, obviously like all the, the lines, right? Like all the, the dialogue and everything, Mm -hmm. um, that was either lav or the, or a boom on, you know, overhead. Um, but there was, you know, we, we're always trying to capture with the boom. The Mm -hmm. boom is always the best quality you're going to get. Um, the lav you're, you're not just cause like the lav, you know, runs into like rustling sound Mm -hmm. issues or anything like that, but. The lav doesn't have like the dynamic. It's doesn't the clari- have the punch, Sorry, man. It di- yeah. The clarity, it's the replication that you get out of a boom versus a live isn't mm. it's they are they're, they're not comparable, in my opinion. Um and it makes a big difference later whenever you need to go mix this in with all this foley and all these other different frequencies, mm-hmm. right? You gotta be able to find specific ways to highlight it in the mix. And and so like that was a very big thing. Um so we just like you know everything else. um, It was tough, man. Like we we couldn't always get it, and there's a few places in the film where we had the ADR stuff. Yeah, I was um, going to ask that. I I know where they're at. I don't know if anyone else is able to hear it. Amazing, man! You just made my day because this is like every time I watch it, I'm like, oh my gosh, that does that sounds so different, you know, than than what it should and. If you didn't notice the the places for ADR, then you know that's great. No, that's actually we, we why I wanted to job. ask you
0: this question because I I was watching. There's a lot of action happening, and there's some like yeah. wider shots and things. And I was like, "There's no way he booms some of that stuff," but it sounded really good. And I wondered Thanks. if he had ADR, but I could I didn't catch it if you had it.
1: Yeah. So when when you're doing the fight, like all the efforts, like the grunts, like the, ch- mm-hmm. you know, and the hits and all that and everything. Um, the hits, those are all Foley, right? Like the punches, mm-hmm. obviously, all of that, kicks, drops when you hit to the ground, you know, steps, all of that, footsteps, all that's Foley. Um, but the the efforts, right, the grunts and all that, that we're trying to capture on set. Sure. Um, and if if the sound mixer actually, not even if the sound mixer doesn't think that it was decent, the recording quality of it, right, not the performance, but the the the, the audio that was captured. We'll do wild lines for it after, right? So we'll have everyone be quiet. Um, we'll literally have them run through. Like, they'll sit there at the mic and go, <clears> like that, right? Mm-hmm. So that we have these little bits that we can mix in later, right? And so we give that to the sound designer and the the mixer, uh, and then they put that in with the, the fight, or so we'll give it to the editor. He'll use them and place them, mm-hmm. and then the sound designer will take that and then create, create it. Yeah. So, yeah, it was great. Um, it was a
0: great mix, man. I, I really enjoyed that. Thank I was you. Impressed. Thank um, you. What about like lighting? What what kind of lights did you guys use primarily? And 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 yeah. also on that note, did you did you ever have to? Because you you mentioned that you had to kind of it was kind of grassroots. Do you ever have to go
1: all natural sometimes? A lot, a lot. There's there, gosh, dude, probably. More than half of the film we're using practical, because uh, it's at, it's at nighttime, right? So there's not a lot of natural lighting. True. There's there's practical, right? So we used a lot of uh, LED tubes, um, like really? uh, yeah, Astares, that sort of yeah. a thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we used probably I think we had like a we had. F- six or eight of those. Um mm-hmm. and that was probably what we we lit almost the entire movie with. Um <laughs> Bangkok awesome. has that feel though, right? Like it's very like there's a lot of neon and dark there's alleyways, you know. Um yeah. and and so it kind of like goes with that. And that was also the tone of the city um that we were we were after. So okay the the LEDs worked a lot. Um and if there wasn't you know if we didn't have enough, we, we would try – we're always trying to figure out how the best – so not only like what's the best way to tell the story with the camera moves, but the best place to do it, right? The best spot to perform to, – to have the action perform in, right? And and that can be there's, – there's a lot of things that go into directing that, um, and that is camera movement where we place the lights that we have. If we don't have lights, um, if there's practical lights there, let's see what the practical lights look like already. So there's a lot of consideration and thought process. It's not just like a, you do it this way every single time. So especially on a film like this, right? Like uh, we, we didn't have the budget to be able to say, okay, we're going to recreate the lighting on on every setup. So we were going in to, and, and even back when we were writing the script, right? When Nico was writing the script, he had locations in mind where he knew automatically it's just, you know, he doesn't have to think about it, man. It's in his brain already. I know the lighting works in this way there. So I can tell this sort of story and mood there. Um, And so we, we, the whole movie, like you said, playing your strengths, right? Like the whole movie was done this way. Um, And so um, when we're shooting on the streets, you know, we, a lot of times we just didn't have light. We, we knew where we could find pockets of light or, You know, this scene looked cool that way, so it was great. So, like, let's have them step into the darkness and then back into the light, right? So, like, it helps motivate what we're trying to portray in the scene. Sure. Um. Yeah. So, so I think that we we definitely played into that as much as we can. Um. As far as like actual lighting that we had, we had a few tubes. Um. I think we had like a couple M18s. You know, no 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 big lights. I think maybe we had you know some 4Ks or something on. One or two days where we just needed some bigger lights, some some more punch to it. But um, yeah, I mean, it was pretty much small the whole the whole time. Um, and a lot of times it was like like we're sending our electrics, you know, down or like a grip, and he's holding the tube, and you know, <laughs> we you know he's waving it in the air to make it feel you know a different way or, or you know so um, so yeah so there was a lot of that man um, yeah or pas yeah you send in pas with the light to go <laughs> do it because you're you're out of crew you know so. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, and the Gemini,
0: I'm sure, like, really helped with that, too, man.
1: Oh, definitely. Um, I mean, it was that. And so this this was one of the, the, the greatest things, you know, ab- about the film was, like, Nico and I have been working together for years already. Um, you know, we've shot countless commercials together. Um, and so he and I don't need to have a conversation about every single thing that we're doing. Right? He's able to go light it. He knows what he's after. I know what he's after. I'm able to go rehearse with the actors, get them ready, go through the blocking of the scene, um, and then get you know work with the actors to make sure there's that they're clear on everything and that we're getting the performance that we need. And then he and I were literally able to be just able to sit down in front of the monitor, look at it, and in one minute, we're like, yeah, this is good. Let's do it. And we would go shoot it. Um, there was, n- I mean, I can't tell you that I even like maybe two times during the whole thing told him I don't like lighting. You know, he and I just know each other that well and we knew what we were after and I trust him, man. His his lighting looks fantastic. Um and I and I was a DP um years ago, man. So, um lighting is something that is very very important to me and that I know very very well. Um but you know, he 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 and I are very in sync on that already, I guess. Yeah. That's
0: awesome. Yeah. Well, I was gonna ask you um, switching gears here a little bit about some of the music. Was that all original or did you or yeah. was some of it source? It was all original. okay.
1: yeah, nice. there was, yeah, everything, I mean, there was a couple tracks that we licensed, I believe. Don't quote me on that. I believe we licensed a few tracks. Um, but uh, like like and like there's a karaoke scene towards the end where there's some Thai music playing in the background like that's licensed. But that's not really soundtrack. That's kind of like background sound design, um, sure. you know, for the karaoke room. So it's more ambient. But um, the uh, the everything else was was scored. So there is a composer here in Bangkok. Um, he's an Italian composer. He's been here for again, it's probably thirty years. Very very well known and established. One well, you know, like the top guy. Um, we begged and pleaded until we could get it, you know, to to a place we could afford, which we well we still couldn't afford it, but we paid it anyways. But we begged and pleaded, and then, um, so my 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 first like career that I ever tried uh, to make happen was music. Um, I played in bands for probably about ten years, um, and so I have a very very big uh, background. Uh, there's a very very heavy background um, in songwriting, and so. He composed it, and I went in and I worked with him a lot. So I think I spent probably five or six days total with him going over um, the the music for the film. Um, and there's there's like there's there's a theme. I don't know if you noticed that, but like it plays at the very end and it plays through, throughout the film in several different areas. But like in the end credits, um, you hear like a very clear, isolated version of it. Um so uh, it was very very important for me to get a melody that was catchy and stuck. Um it's written in minor though, it's like very sad sounding, right? So um it's very moving and emotional in that way, but it gets stuck in your head in my opinion. And I hope it gets stuck in people's heads. Um that that's the whole point, right? I want I want this to 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 last and make them think about it after. So um I made sure that that, that melody is probably in there about four or five times throughout the film in um, very important areas, like when there's a big change in, in the story. So I, I worked with him. That's probably what I worked with him a lot was developing this melody. Um, I kept asking him for things over and over and over. Um, and I, I, you know to be honest, I wasn't happy with him. And then he got this melody. And I said, this is great. And then he said, that's the theme that's the theme for the film. And I said, perfect, let's use it. And so we did. And so, um, then, yeah. So, so then after that, it was just really, I was critiquing the music through throughout it. Right. Figuring out like, let's slow down the tempo or let's take out stuff. Let's make something crescendo here. Um, that sort of thing, you know, change the tone of it. Cause it, the music changes the, the entire tone of the scene. Right. So, um, mostly I, I let him work and write the music but I just gave a lot of input. And then whenever it was, you know, it was too, too over the top, right. When the scene should be like more solemn or, you know, or, or the opposite, like that's where I would start to give input and we would continue to work until it got to a place that, that worked um, for, for each scene.
0: That's awesome, man. Yeah. I thought the score was really good. That's one of the reasons I wanted to ask you about that. Um, And I did notice at the end how that was kind of the, the theme that was playing throughout. Um, yeah I guess uh, another question I have is so what do you think like the biggest challenges I mean obviously budget was one because you you mentioned that what, what are what are some other yeah. of the bigger challenges that really stuck out to you
1: in, in just creating and doing in creating the, this my, whole project and creating be any part the film. Of it. man um so so I I, I mentioned earlier I'm not just I um, I'm learning the business of film also, right? Um, and so we after completing your film and having a cut, then you've got to do something with it, right? It it just this is this is where I think like 99% of everyone that wants to be a director um, they they get completely lost. Um, and I and I've been in 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 business, film the film business, right, for a long time. Um, and it's not necessarily been in buying or selling, you know, films, but, um, in, in creating them, right. I've, I've been working on film sets for years. Um, so there, there is this whole like first half that I know very, very well in, in inside and out. Um, and then there is the, the second half where in order for your film to be successful, it's got to sell. You, you need to make your money back for your investors Um, and then you need to get to your next film, right. To continue your career. And so like, that was a thing that I've been focusing on so much the last year and a half. Um, so after we shot the movie, we cut a trailer and had the trailer out in about, oh goodness, probably two months. Um, and then we went to AFM, the American film market in in LA, um, Santa Monica. And we, took meetings with goodness probably um i don't know 60 different sales companies um until we find found a sales company that was a great fit for us um they help pre-sell or sorry not pre-sell they help uh get get the movie um into the hands of saban who's distributing the movie in north america um and we've we've been successful in like the roi now right like so so we're we're we made a successful movie, sold it successfully, and have reason on to go on to the next movie now. Nice, um, that's awesome. So I, yeah, thank you, man. So like, I think that that would be that's the 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 other big piece of the puzzle that all these people that are wanting to to get into film they don't even know that that piece exists, right? So so that's that's a whole other thing. So like, um, and then post production is probably the other the other big thing. So, directing a film is only half of the movie, right? Creating the actual the actual video, the actual movie file, right? In the end, if you have it, the other is, is you have to get through post production. Um, I fortunately have been involved in post production for a long time, um, so uh, I, I manage a post production staff as well, right? So we've got um, some VFX artists, and we've got uh, staff colorists, and we've got um, you know a lot probably. F- I think we got three or four f- full-time editors. And so, um, I was able to, 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 to utilize that. Um, you know, we're able to put together the assembly. Um, I actually edited the film like two times, on uh, two different cuts with two different editors so that I can really kind of wrap my head around different ideas that, um, I thought would, you know, be difficult for, for me to see without that. Um, and so we we continued with one of the cuts. Um, producers will tell you never to do this because I just wasted money, which I did. <laughs> I, I did waste money with that, but um but I get why I, you did it though. yeah, yeah, it it's I don't think I'll ever be able to talk to a producer that hires me into doing that again. <laughs> Um, but because I was one of the producers on the film, like I, I just did it. So, um, but yeah, I think that, that I, I think that was a great, that was a great thing because like certain scenes from each editor, I could see the a way that they did it differently. Right. So, so I was able to kind of understand what we had more, you know, full and full. Um, so that was cool, man. Um, but post-production is, is the other, the other tool, um, or sorry, the other, the other challenge, right. That I think that that this very, very difficult. Um, because once you, once you have your offline cut, then you've got to go to, um, color, right. You Mm got to grade the film. You got to go to VFX, then you got to do, you know, VFX and oversee that. Um, and as an editor on like an indie level, like you got to be involved in all this, right? Like the VFX doesn't look good, do it again. And then you need to be able to, to suggest to them how to make it better. Right. And if you have no expertise or you've never done anything in VFX, like you can only say make it better. And they're like, what are you talking about? Right. And so like it's a very, very, um, you know, there's a very big communication issue at that point. And so so I think that like that's that's one of the things that that people, um, you know, like other spying directors, they 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 need to definitely keep in mind is like. You're going to have to communicate on a lot of stuff, and and you may say like there's no VFX in your film, but there always is going to be. There's going to be a logo you need to take out. There's going to be something you know um, that, that has to be done, right? Um, so, um, but yeah, so there was there was um, there like probably 90 percent of the gun guns uh, in the film were practical effects, uh, and then the others were muzzle flashes. So. Um, or I'm sorry, we're, we're digital muzzle flashes, um, and so I do. I spent tons and tons of time with our BFX artists getting it until it looked real, um, and I, I hope they did. I, I hope that you can't tell which 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 ones are fake and which. Yeah, ones Yeah, no. Are I mean,
0: and I, I did not to the point where I ever even looked at it. I mean, it just okay looked real to me. Awesome,
1: yeah. great, great. Yeah. So so that was that was the other thing, um, and then the sound and the score and then the mix. You know, it all it all it's all a huge project each time. Right. So like a movie is a huge production. That's made of a bunch of small projects internally, (laughs) you know, so it's, so, so it's, and I mean, it took, it took us a year, a year and a half to, to, to make everything um, from shooting, you know? So like it's a year and a half project or or a long project.
0: Well, it, uh, it's something to be proud of though, man. That's awesome. Thank you. And, and I bet, how does it feel to you to like get, to get that first one under your belt? Is that like a weight lifted? Uh,
1: yeah, I mean, it's – it's there's there's a lot of different emotions with it, to be honest. Um, there's a lot of different ways that I feel, um, especially like when you go online and start reading reviews or, you know, um, certain people saw it and you're like, did they like it? Did they not like it? You know, like you start you, – you can get inside your head, essentially. Yeah, I was going to um, say, I, I don't know. I would almost like be too afraid to read any
0: reviews if I were
1: – Yeah, I mean – no, no, for sure. And, I mean, and don't – dude, reviews are so – there's nothing accurate about reviews, to be honest. I mean, I, I don't know. There's probably, like, a few films that, like, the the general consensus, you know, everyone agrees are bad. But other than that, like, everyone else um, has a different they're, – they're a different person. They like different things. And um, just because someone says they don't like something doesn't mean that another person doesn't like it. You know, like, there's yeah, no – there's no there's no basis to it, um, in my opinion. Um, but yeah, I I had that feeling that you're talking about, like all last week. You know, after after it released on the 12th, I was every single day. Like you can, you should see the chats that I had with Nico. And he's he, I'm sure he was getting tired of me sending like screenshots of our reviews and stuff. So <laughs> you know, I was like, what is that? Why is it, What does this guy mean? You know, no, it wasn't that bad, but. Um, it was, it was fun, man. It was, it was cool to see it. And, um, I mean, it's, it's actually, it's, it's, it's really, um, it's really nice to read a review whenever someone gets something in the film that you were trying to, to communicate. Um, even if they don't like your film, but they're able to say like, they, they, they were communicating this thing, this, this was the underlying thing, you know, story, uh, in, in, in the film. And that's really, really cool because that means that we made people think, right? And people were able to, the viewers were able to take what we filmed, edited, put on the screen, and then managed to find a sales deal. And then they were able to, through all that, they were able to see it in the end. And then what we did stuck, right? Like, that's really, really cool, man. That's, that's probably the coolest feeling I've ever had in my life.
0: Yeah. Well, I will tell you, there were a few moments that stuck stuck to me that I remembered. Uh, one of them kind of like gave me a nightmare going to bed, but it's the uh, okay, I don't want to spoil <laughs> anything. But it was a moment. It was a conversation. I think it was, is his name Satan. 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 Remember, what yeah, it yeah, Satan. Yeah, Satan. Um, Satan. Like literally Satan.
1: Um, it, it's it's <laughs> supposed to be a Burmese like a, a, a okay. Burmese name. I. Uh, I don't, I don't think that we even ever mentioned that in the film either, but um, it is C-E-T-A-N, not not oh, the devil, but it, sounds it. like it.
0: Sounds like it. Well, it was just the yeah. moment, and again, I won't spoil anything, but there was just a conversation he had where he was telling a story where he was recounting, I think, a, a, another hit he had been a part of, one that I guess yeah, kind Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: When they're of, in the cafe, right?
0: Yeah. And yeah, yeah. I like almost had to turn it off because I was like, man, because I have two yeah, yeah. young kids- and and I have a little boy, and I was just thinking about his conversation. I was like, "Dang, yeah, dude, like that." You, that you was didn't have deep. your
1: kids watching the movie, right?
0: No, no, my kids okay, were asleep. okay. Okay, <laughs> my kids were okay. Asleep. Okay, <laughs> but still, <laughs> I was, I was like, like, "Wow, man, that's intense." <laughs> it just didn't go the way I thought I was gonna go. His story, sure. and I was like, "Dang." Yeah. And my wife's like, man, "Yeah, it's, I don't it's like know, that's it's like dark." That, that story's
1: <laughs> that story's amazing because it's it's the ultimate like. <laughs> like, like, it's the worst situation that could literally ever be worse in the world. Yeah, yeah I went to
0: yeah. bed sick of my stomach, to be honest. After that, I was like, dang, dude.
1: wow, <laughs> wow,
0: man. <laughs> but you achieved that, you definitely conveyed an emotion because, like, I had a lot of mixed feelings after that. <laughs> well, th- thank you for allowing me to mess with you like that so. no it was great yeah, i man. like i mean i mean i don't necessarily like a story like that in general yeah 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 <laughs> makes me sad but
1: i i like no but it was important it, for setting up yeah the, that, that character yeah it,
0: it was very important setting up that character and i like it when a movie has a moment like that that really kind of hits you and like thank i you. thought about that moment several times today so I, you were successful there um, man
1: thank you that's awesome
0: you bet, man. So, any any memorable moments that really stood out to you? Something, anything that it could be good or bad that just really stands out
1: to you? Um, yeah. Funny? So, the, through the through through the whole process, um, it was. It, it was it's a learning it's a learning experience too. Every every film that you've ever been on, you know, like you're always learning stuff. So, I would say that like I, I learned how how important you know. The collaboration process is like I I already knew it's important, but, but the, the whole collaboration process on actually getting your film out there and, and in a place to where people can purchase it is, is the most, um, most, the most, uh, it's the biggest puzzle thing, you know, it's the biggest, sorry, it's the biggest puzzle piece. It's the biggest piece of, uh, education that I got out of this whole thing, um, was that. And so I, I think that, let me back up even further. So we purposely wrote like, as, as much as I say, like we played in our strengths with everything, we also understood that there is a specific, um, place for a genre film, right. Action, horror, sci-fi um these sell really really well in the in in, in the indie market um globally and so we made sure that we were creating the movie in a way that we can mar- it's marketable right and we also used a name talent that we knew was uh, was already selling in in these markets right Luis. um and I'll, I'll be ever you know eternally grateful for him doing for doing this film man um he made us you know he, he just, he made it work, man. He was, he was great. Um, and so with all of that, so like as much as creating the movie that there is to it, like being fun on set and being a director and writing your script and your screenplay is, you know, amazing. Um, and then you get the actors you want and then going through post-production, right? There's, there's this whole encompassing um, plan for the whole thing. Right. And that is when you start out with the script. Do I have a script that can be successful? Right. And that doesn't mean it's written well, um, or it's just completely engaging, but it's also the business side of it. Um, and so you're trying to find this like you're trying to ride this line all the time, like between like it, like quality movie and sales, right? Quality movie and and and, and marketable movie. And so, like that's that's the biggest thing that I'm that I took away from the whole process, um, and 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 now that I understand it a lot better, um, it's great because when I go into the to, to creating my next movie, I I'm, I'm trying to keep I, I want this to be a muscle memory, right? I, I need that to be you know just automatic that turns on whenever you read a script and you're like, hey, can I make this movie or not? You got to understand, there's also people putting money into it. And yeah, you may, may, maybe you're a, a cinephile and you're a purist in that way, but like when you're asking people for money to put into films, like they also earn that money and that's their money, right? So like you do have um, responsibilities to them as well. So I think that, as a filmmaker, as a director, there's one thing, but then whenever you're producing, you're actually packaging it and you're going to go sell it. Like there's, there's so much to, to be considered and so many different ways to do it as well, right? Like every producer has a different connection or, you know, maybe there's people you can, um, you know, have a co-production with and they can help with sales in another, another territory. So like there's, there's, it just spider webs out into a bunch of different ways. Um, so I think the business side of the filmmaking is, is the answer to that question. That's yeah. awesome man did you ever think at any point in your career you'd be here doing this today did you did you ever think that actually happened? um yeah, I did um, and that's not to like not not to sound cocky um I I've always I've I always um, have thought that you know that that's kind of like where where I where I was going to aim at was was directing. Um, I mean, to to the point of where I, I set up my company ten years ago to first work in commercials so that I could get into feature films. Um, I that's literally was the plan, um, and and I was very very fortunate to be able to execute that. Um, and now we're at the point where we're able to have a feature film division and actually be able to like we're we're accepting other scripts right now. Like I said, we've got about ten films on our slate right now that we're developing, um, and so. That development company was a missing piece that I didn't know existed, you know, before probably a couple of years ago. And now I understand, you know, hiring Adam, bringing him in. He's, you know, the glue that holds everything together. Um, and he's an expert. And and, and I, I let him make the choices, man. Um, he's, he's really that, the, the guy that runs it. So, But I think that um, I knew that I was going to be involved in creating feature films in some sort of way. Directing was, yeah, was the goal, but I knew that it was always going to be um, either producing or putting the deals together um, because entrepreneurship is something I love too, right? I love creating businesses and 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 mm-hmm. and running them. So um, that was something that definitely um, – I knew I would get into it somehow, right? And, and, and I was pointing in that direction, yeah. So – that's probably ten, probably about, probably about fifteen years ago is where I made that decision. Yeah. From the original red
0: to living where you live now and yeah, and getting your first film out—that's awesome, man. Yeah, man. You do you still it's have been that? A journey. Do you still have that camera?
1: No, no, no. It'd be cool no, if you did. I, you have that like on a mantle uh, somewhere. I think my old business partner in Texas still has it. Maybe oh, I don't yeah, know, you man. Gotta, you got to get that back. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe I don't. I. I I think it would cost more to ship it than it's worth, you know. <laughs> Probably. So, like, yeah, it's it's quite outdated. So, I had a professor
0: at college who had who had one of those when it first came out, and he was like so pumped yeah. about this new company.
1: <laughs> it was it was awesome. It was an awesome time, man. When those came out, like it was all of a sudden indie film could be affordable, mm. you know, because you didn't have to shoot on film, you didn't have to get it transferred, you know, digi- to to digital, um, and things were attainable. It was a it was a bit of a revolutionary, um, piece of equipment, you know?
0: Yeah. yeah. And it, and they've come a long way too. And it's gotten even more, more affordable for people. For sure. For sure. So, um, my, my last question about this movie in particular is just what are, what are any things that stand out
1: to you that you would try to do different next time? More money for, is the first <laughs> one. <laughs> yeah. We need more money next time. Um, more money, better planning, Um, I mean, it's just, uh, it, it'd be like, like I said, this, this, this last time I was very, very much of the mindset of I've got to get it done. Um, you know, I've already shot 80% of the movie. I can't stop now. Um, I got to complete these scenes no matter what, and, um, we'll figure it out later. And so that is a great, great, great attitude. If, 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 if you can afford to do it, and I was in a position right where I could figure out how to make it work later, um, this next time around, I want to plan better so that I have a more polished, polished movie, right? I want I want something that's. It worked for our movie because our our movie is very very gritty, right? It's very um, like like I said, the the city has its own character to it, and so the next movie. Um, I want to have the option to do something different, more polished, if I can, you know, a bit higher end looking. Um, and so I, I think more planning for that um, is going to be a big thing. Um, you know, I'll probably hire a different crew um, in, in different areas. Um Man, I—I I mean, my office staff, like my office manager, was our script supervisor. Like I taught him how to do script supervising one <laughs> week before the film, bro. Like it's—it's, it's, like I'm not gonna do this any. I'm not gonna do this this next time. That's it. Yeah, I'm not gonna. I I'm not gonna up teach. My office office we actually manager. found
0: him at a restaurant. He was a waiter. <laughs> Is that, yeah,
1: dude, I'm—I'm I'm telling you, man. Like that's—that's that's not far off. And so, <laughs> so I'm not gonna do that again. Um, but I—I I think that. Um, I mean it's just it, it can continue on this path, right? Like continue on the path that I'm on. Um it's it's, you know, it's it should it's just going to get better. We're going to improve next time. Sure, naturally, yeah. Um yeah, so I think that that there's that's that's the big takeaway is to 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 keep moving forward um you yeah, keep moving forward and and use use the people that you enjoy working with and and um get more money next time. <laughs>
0: you know, so And are you wanting to stay in the kind of the action genre or are you looking to go into other directions as well?
1: No. So um, I'm not tied to action um, per se. Like I think, you know, any level big budget movie, if it's not like a rom-com, there's some sort of action in it now. Um, And so I think that now action will – Still, ha- still be a part, right? We'll still need to do some choreography, um, maybe some previz, um, but the the next one that we actually have in the works right now is a sci-fi film. Oh, cool. Um, yeah, so we're 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 working on that now. Um, nothing's officially uh, been, um, excuse me, <clears throat> nothing's been officially announced. Um, so hopefully, we can announce something soon on that um but we're 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 packaging a movie now it's a sci-fi film um and it has i mean it has action in it um but it's going to be cool man it's it's not a typical sci-fi film so it's not like space spacey environments and um you know people shooting lasers out of guns and stuff like that so um but it's it's got sci-fi elements to it um and so it's it's a pretty cool concept um so so there so I'm not tied to any specific gen- genre no um I'm 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 like I said, I'm trying to keep the whole that that business plan that you gotta wrap each movie around. I'm keeping that uh in mind first. And then within that, I'm I'm choosing scripts. So um yeah, so I'm 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 staying within genre films though. Um so sci-fi action, uh horror, that sort of thing. So I'd really love to do a horror movie, man. Um I'm a very, very big fan of uh Jordan Pill. Um and so like, you know, us and get out and those type of movies, you know, nope, that I think those are genius. Those so are great. I, I, yeah, I really want to do something like that. So there's there's actually another film that um is it's kind of in the vein of those that um there's a script that that, that I'm looking at right now that I I really, really want to do. Um and it takes place here in Thailand actually. So it's really cool that like it just happens to be convenient in that way. Oh, that's awesome. Um, yeah. Cause you're so not I'm, tied really to mean. just
0: doing yours in Thailand. Are you, or are you sorry?
1: Are you tied to trying to do most years in Thailand or? Um, I mean, it makes sense for us because we have the company here. Right. So right. like we have a lot more flexibility and bandwidth. Um, but we do, we do produce a lot in them in, and in the surrounding countries. Um, but our, our big advantage is uh, that, that we can, we can do movies here affordably. Um, and, and the whole thing is, like, is if I'm tied to Thailand or not, like, it's smart to do your film in Thailand because there's so much support here. I mean, sure. Th- Thailand's got 70 million people. Bangkok's about 15 mi- million. Um, you know, it's bigger than Manhattan, the, the city here. Um, mm-hmm. So it's, it's – I mean, there's so much support here. People don't realize that. But, like, the, Thailand is not only um, the population, right, but, like, the actual infrastructure of the city – like there's two Ferrari dealerships here. like there is the 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 country, or sorry, the city here is a, a metropolis, man. It's massive. Um, it looks like you know it looks like Manhattan um, uh, the skyline does. Um, and and it's massive. There's shopping malls literally every every single train station. there's a shopping mall nearly. Um, so it's it's a very, very uh, high tech city as well and and that people don't associate Thailand with that at all. But um, yeah, so it's a very, very cool place to shoot your film. Um, and I think to go to another country, actually, even in the region, you're not going to find the amount of availability, locations, crews, um, the creative. You're just not going to find it. It's, it's really like sense, the central yeah. hub for the, for the region. So I would say keep everything in Thailand as much as you can. Even if your, your story takes place in another country, shoot it for here. So last year, we, we line produced a movie called Three, um, and it was a movie from Dubai. And they shot for Dubai here, right? So we had all uh, Arab actors, um, you know, the wardrobe and everything. We we dressed locations to be, you know, Arabic looking. And, and um, it was, you know, all shot here um, and supposed to take place in in Dubai or, or UAE. You know, like, um, I think they did a couple establishing shots there, like some mountains. Um but yeah, ninety-eight percent of the film was shot here in Thailand for That's awesome. For for the Arabs. Yeah.
0: That's awesome. Oh, that actually was a question I forgot to ask you. Was I was gonna ask if you shot all the aerial shots or if you did any stock imagery for that. Yeah, it's
1: all we we shot everything. Shot everything. That's awesome.
0: Shot everything. you have some fantastic aerial shots in there. I really like that. Thank you.
1: Yeah, it was uh that was those are all shot, man. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's literally um us you know f- figuring out we needed the we need the aerial shot, So like, let's go back out and pick it up. So nice. um, that's probably most of them. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. They were great. Well, man, my last question before we wrap up is uh, what advice do you have to aspiring directors out there that hmm. want to do what you just did and, and complete their first, their first project?
1: Man. Um, I think that like, and, and, and you'll know this, like just, just hands on um, being in the business you are is like your relationships with people are the most important thing that you can maintain, Um, if you can keep good relationships with people and make it known what you're wanting to do, um, and don't be prideful. Like that's the biggest, the biggest advice that I can, I can give you, um, be willing to do whatever job in order to get near people that know how to do what you want to do. Right. So be willing to work for anyone, um, that, that you look up to, that that you admire. Um, don't be, um, don't be prideful and 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 say no you know like like when i when i started working in the business i i was a pa and and um i, I started working on set you know for free so that i could get into the business and i think that that's the biggest thing and and i think it, uh, most people understand that um but if you're if you're wanting to get eventually into directing um technical knowledge is a great thing to have if you want to go through a camera department first um so you understand the technical side of it it's a fantastic idea uh, that's what I did. I I worked my way up to being a DP and then directing. It's very very easy for me to understand how the scenes put together,
0: right? Yeah, that makes because
1: sense. I understand the angles. I understand whenever um, you know I can communicate with the DP. I can say put the camera over there up high, pointing down on a thirty-five, and he and I understand. You know we're speaking the same language, um, and so so like that was a very very big advantage. So I suggest like don't go just immediately into directing. Like learn learn a little bit, you know, about all the other departments. Um, I think that that's probably the, the the best advice that I could give is 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 learn from others as much as you can. Don't be prideful. Be willing to do any job you need in order to learn that. And then um, when when you get the the opportunity later, you know, be 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 ready to try it. You know, it'll it'll probably be scary, but be be try. You know, you you can't knock anyone for trying trying.
0: So. No, absolutely not. Yeah, I, uh, I, a comment on what you just said. Like I, when I hire camera operators, I only hire guys that um, can edit competently because I feel like the best the best camera. Yeah, operators they know are, they know how to shoot so that you edit. can get
1: something to edit later. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so I think I exactly. think like
0: that's a, that's along the veins of what you're saying. Like if you're wanting to aspiring to be a director, having as much knowledge as you can about the entire process would be really yeah. beneficial for you.
1: No, completely, and and that's that's where. I feel like as a, as a, as a, as a director that's accomplished, you need to understand that. Um, I, 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 man, I've been so fortunate just to to be involved with the business and, re, you know, having a post-production company and then also having the production company. Mm-hmm. So I've, I've been involved in probably every single aspect already just by default. So having all of that knowledge was the best thing that I could have had. You know, that's it awesome. really helped me problem solve on set Whenever I knew I was running into an issue, I knew how I could solve it later. So, I, I mean that I was very lucky. I mean, just just to be honest, it was just I was just in a very fortunate position. That's yeah. awesome, man. Which which I which I don't take for granted. So, <laughs> yeah.
0: Well, man, I appreciate you coming on. Where and you said let's just say it one more time in case people didn't catch the beginning. Where all can they watch yeah. this project?
1: Hellhound. Um, so Hellhound, you can see it on Amazon Prime, Apple TV, uh, and. Uh, Voodoo, which is fan- I believe Fandango just turned into Voodoo or they bought the platform or something. Um, so those are the three places that I'm familiar with. Um, if you see it pop up anywhere else, let me know. I'd, I'd love <laughs> to know. We don't we don't always just get you know immediate feedback from the distributors. I just found out that it did a, like a week-long run in a cinema in LA. Um, oh, I had that's no cool. Idea. And you had hey, no idea. Mine, that's really funny. Yeah, a friend of mine sent me a picture of it. He's like, hey, I'm going to your, see your film tonight. And I was like... <laughs> What? <laughs> so,
0: That's hilarious. Yeah, but so, also really so, cool.
1: Yeah, no, I mean it's it's cool. I wish I'd known because like I would have been tempted to get on a plane just to be able to go, you know, see it yeah. for a second. But but it's okay. We're having a premiere here um, on the 29th. so um, we'll we'll get a chance to see it in the cinema. Nice. Here.
0: Cause so. it should have gone to LA, just walked into the theater. No one knows who you are and just watch it. And then just ask the guy next to you. Like, so what'd you think about that? <laughs>
1: exactly. Yeah. If, <laughs> if there's anyone in, in the theater, so I, I don't, I don't, I, I don't know. It didn't get any public, you know, publicity. So let's, I, I don't know what, why it was in the theater, but it's cool, man. It is cool. It is cool to think you're like, and that's, that's what I was saying. Like the, the, the coolest thing for me ever is to like create this film and then it actually do, then it had, then it went somewhere you know, that's that's awesome, man.
0: That's, that's really, really cool. Well, congratulations. I I'm, I'm really pumped for you. Great project. Um, and, and thank you so much for hopping on the podcast and chatting with us today.
1: Yeah. Thanks, man. I I appreciate you having me.
0: Absolutely, man. And if anybody is interested in learning a little bit more about you, do you have a place that, that you can direct them to?
1: Yeah, sure. Um, so I've got a few places, um, if you go to – you can actually go to my company's website. It's Umbrella Films. It's it's sounds like Umbrella, but there's no U at the beginning. So it's just M-B-R-E-L-L-A films.com. Uh, that's our production company. Um, then we have a post-production company. is called Cut, Mix, and Color. Um, and that's mm, literally – cut, cut awesome name. Thanks, man. Thank you. Uh, that's cutmixcolor.com. Um, those are both based here in Bangkok. And then our uh, development company is called Peripheral Pictures. Um, just like your per- peripheral pictures, just like it sounds, peripheralpictures.com. Um, and so you can see our our current film slate there. Um, and you can you can reach you can reach me pretty much you know through any of those sites. If you say, hey, I'm trying to get a hold of Josh, someone will will get me the message. Um, yeah. So there's that. If if you just Google me, man, like it's I'm I'm pretty active online, so there's usually a way you can get in touch with me. Yeah,
0: awesome. Well, thanks again for joining us today. We really appreciate it. And uh, thanks, guys, for listening to this podcast. Uh, If you are not following the podcast, I would like to encourage you to uh, subscribe. And uh, if you have any comments, let us know. And be sure to go to the Filming with Josh group on Facebook. Ask to join the group today and we can chat about this episode and any other uh, topics that you want to talk about. We'll see you all there.
1: To learn more about Rustic River Media, visit us online at rusticriver.media. Thanks for listening to the Filming with Josh podcast. Catch every episode by hitting subscribe today.